This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Here we go. Happy Monday. You are starting right now with Travis Rogers. Alan Sliwa. Travis and Sliwa is on. We're here each weekday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. We begin the nine-hour L.A. Sports Mega Block live and local. Well, Saturday night, LeBron and the Lakers, they won a game and a big one. LeBron went off in front of Matthew Stafford and Kelly Stafford. Oh, Matthew Stafford, you're at the Lakers game. That's Travis loving Stafford. Do you think Sliwa kind of got that voice going to on Saturday night? King James. Meanwhile, reports are in that producer Emily had a fun-filled weekend. There were some good times. There were some bad times. There was discombobulation. And there was movie taking. We will have updates all morning long of producer Emily's wild and wacky weekend. And I wonder if producer Taylor did anything fun. I think he had to work the Laker game. Man, that's a lot of sleep, Taylor. Anyway, Travis and Sliwa, your Monday. Right now. Here we go. Live from L.A. Lodge. Sweet tea, Travis Rogers. Hit him in the face, Sliwa. I'll still take the face. Travis and Sliwa right now. Yeah. yeah. Emily's 800 bucks poor because she misplaced her keys, but she got to see the Batman, which apparently was a pretty big hit, Sliwa. So good. Yeah, that my my son saw it too. I've not heard anybody say they didn't like it. Did you? Uh, you didn't see the Batman by chance, did you? Al? Did not say. I, I didn't have to go on the opening weekend, but I heard it killed it. Uh, wasn't it the second highest gross since COVID? Right, like sales or whatever. Yeah, it's sales. definitely the most since uh, in in this year. And I don't know specifically the numbers, but I don't know anything that would have beaten it besides maybe No Way Home with Spider Man. Would recommend Emily. Yes. Oh my gosh! Yes. Go, I'll see, go it. see it if you have if you can. It. It's like one of the prettiest superhero movies I've ever seen, and it's just it's so engaging. And I didn't want to look away. It was it was almost three hours long. It was so good. Okay, so what did you enjoy more, the Batman or the opening um, episode of Winning Time on HBO? Okay, so <laughs> I really liked both a lot. Both were cinematically beautiful, but I think that they're both different sides of me, and I both love both. And I also I didn't know. Almost anything about the Lakers past, so all of this was pretty new for me. So it was really fun for to see me like have them break the fourth wall, be like, "Hey, this is what's going to happen here." And I was like, "Oh, I didn't know either." So no spoilers, guy. I know it's I know it's history, but no spoilers. You know, Al, with the the winning time, the the HBO show about the kind of the rise of the Showtime dynasty that that debuted last night. I didn't have expectations other than I have read Jeff Perlman's book, so I knew like with source material, I lived through that era of the Lakers. That was kind of one of the first teams I was really invested in were those very early 80s Lakers throughout the entire run there. But I didn't know what the show was going to look like, and anytime you do sports stuff, it could be so bad. It, it, it's so easy to get wrong to a sports person. Like if you showed it to somebody that's not a sports fan – there's a lot of stuff that they probably don't notice, but you get the casting wrong, the guys are the wrong size, you get some guys that don't know how to dribble or shoot, it immediately breaks, and I thought they did a really good job with it. I, I'm very excited for the next episode. Well, another key thing is, are you trying to cater to just a sports audience? Are you trying to cater right. just to 
an audience that knows, okay, the Showtime Lakers. I sat, um, I sat yesterday with my girl, and we, we, you know, we watched the whole thing, first episode. I actually even forgot that this thing was coming out, debuting last night. Uh, she's as into it as I am, so it's not. You know, you don't That's a need great to testimonial. By the way, that's a great sign. You don't need it to be well. Uh, yeah, but that year Jerry West won. No, it's not that at all, right? Like the the conversation. And I'm with you. I actually didn't know when the show first started. I had no idea what to expect, what the style of the show was going to be. Within two minutes, you're like, oh, okay, no, this is going to be entertaining. This is going to be fun. This is going to be. It, it, it's this is going to be good. I was all in, and I was actually in a weird way. I was still learning stuff throughout the process, like whether it's the the sale of the Lakers and how it was all done, or how Dr. Jerry Buss was trying to get X amount of dollars. Where he's sitting there and he's like, "Yep, I got it," and then he looks in the camera. I don't got it, did, right? Like did, it, <laughs> it's it's all all those little things. Magic trying to make a decision whether he's going to go back to college or not. I, I thought it was fascinating, and again, I I don't think the audience needs to be somebody who's a sports fan. I think anyone would be entertained. I didn't know that Danny Noonan had the kind of scratch to show up and buy the Lakers. I, di- I didn't know that that's how he went from Bushwood after they won the caddy event and the gopher got blown up. He decided to become some rich guy and own the Lakers along the way and have a very expensive divorce, apparently, because that was the only part of the opening episode that had me going, all right, guys, we, we need to do some. And I don't. I think as we move forward, I bet you we see less and less of him because Jack Ken Cook's part of this story is just about over. But every time I saw him, I'm like, yep, that's Danny Noonan. Where's Judge Smales? Where's Al Chervik? Where's Bill Murray? Where's Chevy Chase? Where, where are all of these guys? That, that was the part for me. But you, I'm glad you said what you said about Lady Slee because here's the deal. Those shows can usually almost count on getting her or you, right? And here's what I mean. They can get her because they'll tell a story in an interesting way, and it's funny, and it looks good, and she doesn't care about the basketball, but the acting is good, and it's, it, it's a story that draws her attention. But if the basketball is terrible, you're out. Yeah. Whereas on the opposite is true, too. If you're watching and this guy can, like, they're breaking down Magic Johnson's career and what made him such an effective point guard. You're like, okay, I'm into this, but she's like, this is the most boring thing I've ever seen sure. in my life. Yeah. To hit both of those is really challenging to do, and I thought that they did it. Well, I, th- I think for us, I mean, it's kind of a let, – let's use – and I know this is an awful example. The Last Dance was a documentary about the Chicago Bulls. Sort and of. you're interviewing – sort of. One, one but, person's version of a documentary. <laughs> but you're interviewing some of the players, some of the writers, the this, and you're going back and using scenes that you watch. You're not, you're not going back and seeing old scenes. They have to recreate everything. It's not like there's anybody from the organization that's involved in this. Um, entertaining was the best way to put it. For me, I don't need to see. Like, I've watched some of those documentaries, Bird vs. Magic, they did on HBO. Well, it's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. It's good. I don't want that for this. Like, I no. do kind of want the take me away from all that, give me uh, – uh, spicing this thing up a little bit for me, make it seem a certain way that I wasn't accustomed to or I don't know behind the scenes. I thought it was a fantastic start. The guys that are playing Magic and Kareem are really good. Like, they obviously both can act, which is which is fantastic, but they both look like Kareem yeah. and Magic. Yeah, like it's, true. It's, it's so – because, look, first of all, Kareem – what's Kareem? 7-2. I don't know how many actors are out there that are 7-2 that have a resemblance to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Probably not very many. Same thing for Magic, right? That they found two guys that can actually play basketball and actually have passing resemblances to the two guys in real life. 
That's pretty good because John C. Riley's such a good actor. You could put makeup on him. You could put a wig. You could put a costume on him, and he's going to pull off Jerry Buss, I thought. But I was hesitant guys, on him. I, I was most hesitant on said. him, and then five minutes in, I was like, yeah, no, we're good. Yeah, we're good. 100% good, but I was worried more about Ma- because Magic 6'9". He's Magic Johnson. Everybody knows what Magic Johnson looks like, what his smile looks like. Kareem with that beard from the, the early 80s, you know exactly what it looks And, like, they nailed it. I, I can't win now. If it gets super salacious, I think it's going to go kind of towards the other group of people that are, are interested in this story. To, to thread that middle, I think, is going to be really hard, but a right. great start. Let me throw this at you, too. So Friday night, um, I don't know. I can't remember if we talked about this at all last week. Maybe we did it for a quick second with Mason. Have you seen and do you have any interest in the Kanye West documentary? We did talk about it briefly. I did yeah. see it. So it's an interesting question. I have seen it, and if you didn't ask me that before seeing it, I would have said I had no interest in seeing it. But I got – you know sometimes when you're flipping on Netflix, it just starts to play? By the way, can we stop doing that? Let me – I, I <laughs> well, want to look at – I want to look at all the other stuff that's going on, and I can't because the, this girl is uh, on a blind date and she's going to marry the guy. And my, I, 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 I don't need to see that. <laughs> but, okay, here's the rub, though, Slee. Yeah. It worked on me. I have no interest in Kanye West. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't mean to be disrespectful. I don't care about Kanye West in any uh-huh. meaningful way. I have. I don't have any interest. It's not my genre of music that I care. Nothing about it interests me. I ended up watching like an hour. It was, and I really, really liked it. It was very, very good. So to answer your question, I didn't have interest, but I did watch it, and I did like it. So I didn't know. I didn't realize this that um, all the footage, like it was, it, it was. From such a young age, they were talking about this documentary, right? Like, oh, no, yeah, he's recording a doc. We're recording a documentary. And this goes back 20 years. For me, it's going to hit different only because um, – and I was not interested in watching the Kanye. I Actually, the, the first time I knew there was a documentary coming out on Kanye, uh, Genius is, you know, right. J-E-E-N, however they spell it, across the street from Crypto. There's three huge ads there, and I had no idea what it was, and it was an ad promoting this documentary. I didn't pay any attention to it. Um, the reason why it will connect a little bit different for me, all those artists that are there, you know, at, at that time, I was in college. That's yeah. I'm a, I was a big fan of hip-hop, so the Common, the Talib Kweli's most, that's like I know all those artists, but it's a really good documentary. And, again, it's something that you don't have to be a fan of hip-hop or music or anything or Kanye it's fascinating watching somebody's life when they're one version of themselves to where they're sitting today. That's it. You know, that's so funny you say that because I think there's something about seeing somebody because Kanye West is about as famous as a person can be, right? Like he is, he is at the maximum level of fame that you can get. To see them before they're famous is always fascinating. Like before they really came off the rails and became larger than life. Sure. The, yeah. the Tiger, speaking of HBO documentaries, the Tiger one where That's right. that his old high school girlfriend, like they mm-hmm. had home movies when they were going to the prom and stuff like that, and Tiger's just this dork high school kid. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was amazing because Tiger was a high school golf dork that turned into one of the greatest athletes we've ever seen in our lives who has this incredibly polished image. It's Nike, it's Gatorade, it's Rolex. It's like just bam, bam, bam. And they're giving you exactly what they want to give you. And then you just see this guy with this goofy-ass grin with this pretty girl on his arm. And it was It's so fun to see that stuff as opposed to the finished product that they want to present to the world. Yeah, so, hey, there you go. If you're out driving around today and you're listening to the Travis and Sleeva show, 
the Kanye documentary looks like. By the way, it's long, so you have a lot of work to do. I watched the whole thing over the weekend. Literally, I watched, I want to say two episodes on Friday night. I think I started at 7 p.m. By 2 a.m., I'm like, is this thing done? But it was just that good. The odds of me ever watching 10 more seconds of that are like one in a million. Yeah. Oh, you promoted it. I thought you were in. No, I, and I, it's one of those things, I liked it, but the second I'm done, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I need to finish that. Like, something broke this, I needed to leave, I needed to go somewhere, but had I had nothing to do, I would have sit there and watched the entire thing for sure. ESPN Radio, it's brought to you by Progressive Insurance. So, 2010, 12 years ago today, uh, March 7th, one of the more iconic moments of Kobe Bryant's NBA career. It had nothing to do with scoring a basket or blocking a shot or anything like that. It was the Matt Barnes uh, Matt Barnes pump fake to his face where Kobe never moved. That happened today back in 2010. Just, when you're thinking of Kobe moments, that's near the top of the list for me. So these dudes, especially, look, there certain players you hated when they're not on your team and other players you liked, right? Matt Barnes is a good example. Perfect example. Meta is probably a good example as well. Perfect at, example. At, at, earlier in his career, whatever the case is. Um, Matt Barnes, so chippy with Kobe. You know Kobe. Cole probably, Cole probably rubbing it in, you know, scoring on him and letting him know, are you really trying to guard me? Matt Barnes, as prideful as any player in the league, saying, you know, I'm going to find a way to stop him. Yeah, that flinch moment, I think we were all, and there was a possession right before that where Cole and Matt Barnes were both in each other's face. Sure. And Matt Barnes is upset at him, and Cole pretend like, I didn't do anything, guys. I got my hands up. Nothing <laughs> happened. You know, I <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to have a dirty play during the what middle of a game. What did I ever do to anybody? I, I would never do anything <laughs> like that. And then you got that flinch moment. Okay, so did we ever figure this out? Wasn't there like a couple years ago different yes. angles that were showing? I, I don't. Yes. I don't remember exactly. What, what was it with the so angles? So it, it's one of these things where the truth of this is a little bit less interesting than the story itself, right? That because. There are certain angles where it looks like where Matt Barnes looks like he's going to throw a basketball as hard as he can right into Kobe's face from about two feet away, and Kobe doesn't flinch. Mm -hmm. There are other angles that show the exact same play, and it looks like Kobe's off to the side, so the ball wasn't actually. But the idea that Kobe would do that made sense because Kobe, right? The idea that Matt Barnes would try to do it made sense because Matt Barnes. So all the pieces of this thing fit together. The reality of it, though, I don't know if it actually went down the way that we all think it went down in our head. So the All the Smoke podcast, that's the one with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. Yep. Uh, it's done incredibly well. I think it's more – I think it's Showtime Basketball is where they premiered on. Kobe had gone on their podcast um, early 2020. So, you know, obviously – um, it, but when he had gone on, I know there was a section of that podcast. I'd have to go back and listen, but I think where they're breaking down that play, I'd have to go back and listen to it. But yeah, that's uh anniversary. You said 10 years or how many years ago? 12, 12 years, 12, 12 years, years ago. ago. Today. It, it is the quintessential Kobe is a crazy person. I didn't right? do it. I, 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 but, you know. but it's one of those things. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Mike Tyson or anybody else. Yeah. If I, if I just look like I'm going to throw something in your face from six inches away, your human instinct says, move, get out of the way. Don't let that thing hit you in the face. He's like, nope, I'm just going to stand right here and let you fire it off my face. Just fantastic along the way. All right, Uh, no baseball, maybe ever, but if we do get back to playing baseball, there are going to be some rule changes that I am 100% on board for. Those coming up next, it's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.
Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. And it is Travis and Sleep on Monday, Monday. Coming up at 1 p.m., don't forget Mason in Ireland. Listen longer all day long. Spend more time with us here at 710 ESPN. Because if we're doing bits and you're not listening, then you're missing fun, right? And you're missing great sports talk. Hashtag passionate sports talk. Travis and Sleep each weekday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. More of Travis Sleep right now. So, speaking of the bits, Al, um... Will is on the board for us today. So Will is Will's running the board today. Uh, do you remember the last time Will was in with us, Al? Do you have a, any recollection of that? I do. Oh, yeah, I do. Okay, That's right. would you like to explain what was happening the last time he was around for well, our show? you were in studio. I was not. And right. you said that you had seen him, and he was he was very enthusiastic about the Bengals being in the Super Bowl. Correct. And he took that kind of to another level. Correct. Um, where he... What did he he? He was dressed as face? a cat. He had a face. His face was painted like a Bengal tiger. It had yep. red or yep. orange, I should say, black stripes. He had some whiskers, a little black nose. He had, what are you he, trying to do right now? Are you are, well, tell me saying, the angle you're going at? No. So here's the deal. Like I like to give people a chance to take control of their own narrative, right? I I've been we've been here for two hours and sixteen minutes today. And I thought that maybe at some point Will would want to come on the air and explain how he picked the wrong team, how his team lost to the Rams, how he had to eat cat food because his team lost. Will, if I'm remembering that part of it right, like t- take me through defend your yourself, humiliation. Will. You have to <laughs> well, put this in front of the rest bro. of us. Well, uh, first of all, I will say that the cat food was by far the most disgusting thing I've ever <laughs> eaten. It was legitimate cat food. Um, and it is absolutely gross. I will say that I did not pick the wrong team because halfway through the fourth quarter, I know all the Rams fans were literally sweating nervous. bullets. Probably a little nervous. But sweating me, bullets. Hold on, let me think. Uh, yeah, but no, then they the other think. half of the fourth yeah. quarter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They felt, they felt, okay. felt pretty good. And your only touchdown, or felt, one of your touchdowns came off of a P.I. that was obvious. I felt pretty good about that you know, fourth I, quarter myself. We don't, we don't need to talk about things that didn't get called. Details. or things that Yeah, the details, minor sure. details, guys. Sure. I mean, what was Al Davis said? Uh, if, you, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So, right. you know, it, it's, it's a missed call well, here and there. Let, let's say this, and I know this doesn't mean anything for Bengal fans out there, uh, like Will. Assuming there are such a thing, but go right, ahead. Right, like Will. Who day? Literally. Tiraj, I never thought the game was going to be that close. I didn't um, think the game was No, be that it was close. a little closer than I thought, but whatever. It doesn't matter. They won. The, the, the correct team came out on the right side of it. Um, do you feel like you should offer an apology to me and other Rams fans, Will? Do you feel like that's something you'd like to get off your chest? Never a chance. Never a chance. All I can say is we will see you guys next year in the Super Bowl again. Okay. Well, I know if either or both of them made it back, I think would be a, a pretty big surprise. So, really quickly. You said the cat yeah, food the is path, the most dis- The path through the AFC is nothing next year. Yeah, it's a piece of cake. There's nobody. Nobody good <laughs> Just over there. get by the Chargers and everything's fine. Um, 
What did it taste like? Was it fishy? Was it meaty? Was it slimy? Like, take me through the cat food eating. It was slimy, and it was like turkey and gravy is what the flavor was, quote unquote. <laughs> so it was like we opened up the jar, and it was like slimy and wet. Yeah. But like, as soon as the what is supposed to be the meat like touches your tongue, it just like disintegrates, and it's like, what is this? This is bleh. what did it smell like? Uh, disgusting. Absolutely horrific. I can't even give like you a tuna, comparable like smell. What? No, like no, no. Turkey I, I, sleep? I, I no, no, definitely not. This is it. the The label is a complete sham. One hundred and ten percent a complete sham. There is no cat on the face of this planet that believes that that's what turkey tastes like. Did you I'm, eat it with a fork? Did you a spoon? Or, okay. It was How one, much? One did you entire, have to eat the whole can? No, just one giant spoonful. Ugh. And I almost, <laughs> I almost gracious. threw up just with that. So we left it at that. Would you yeah, there's going to be a lot again? of lot of lawsuits from cats around the world who are incredibly slandering pissed, their meals, incredibly pissed about the mislabeling. Makes you think about what we feed our animals. You're like, oh, should they be actually be eating that? But then you're like, ah, oh, doesn't matter. It's a very good. It's a very good point. But very quickly, will um, before I let you go back and pretend that it never happened in the first place. Let's fast forward to next year. Yes. Let's fast forward to the Bengals are in the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl or whatever it is, and somebody says, "Yeah, okay, let's make a wager. Would you put another spoonful of turkey gravy cat food on the line?" You know what? I've been a Bengals fan for long enough that yes, I will continue to go through more suffering and pain for the Bengals. <laughs> Good job, Will. That, yes, Lee, I, I was waiting for Will all day to say, hey, Trav, remember I had to eat cat food? Remember when I showed up in a cat face? And he, he thought that I was going to forget. I got a pretty good memory for stuff. Okay, I have one more question for Will. Sorry, before he gets off. Uh, how long did it take for that paint to come off your face? Okay, so that was another story. The That paint, honestly, I was orange for like a day and a half. I was like, this is great. The only saving grace is that we were still wearing masks everywhere. So I'm like, all right, maybe I put a mask and a hat real low so I look like I'm about to rob the joint. People will just think that instead of the fact that, you know, my face is orange. Or like a bad spray tan. Well, when he came in that day, Al, like you said, you weren't here, so I'm in the I'm in the kitchen getting a cup of coffee. I saw and, a photo. And I still didn't understand what was happening. And he comes in, and he's got a hat pulled down low, like he yep. said, and he's got his mask on, so I can only see like from his eyebrows to right below his eyes. And I'm looking at him, I'm like, I think Will may have had a misadventure in like a tanning booth or something because he looks weird right now. This does not look like Will normally looks. And then like, no, no, he's actually painted his face. So you could you could have walked it off a couple of different ways will yeah you know i just i was hoping to just kind of keep my head down and just pride bro you did it for your squad (laughs) i did okay one last question i thought of this too (laughs) what what did what were the rules for the food like could you immediately have a glass of water or did you could you eat some crackers like something can you put hot sauce on it You know, honestly, with how gross it tasted, I probably would not have wanted to combine anything else because it would have ruined that flavor for me, too, including hot sauce. Um, There was definitely no chasers allowed for this, which also sucks. So, yeah, it was it was just cat food. And then um, after a little while, when no one was looking, I ran out of the uh, studio to the vending machine to find anything and everything I could shove down my throat. I thought he said, Al, when he ran out of the studio, he went to the bathroom and stuck that's his finger down done. his throat. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I, I thought was done. coming next. All right. Good job, Will. Um, baseball is not going to play anytime soon. It doesn't look like it. It looks like they're kind of digging in on this. The, the, the interesting part is they've actually made some pretty 
significant headway on some things, I think. They're going to ban the shift starting in 2023. They're going to increase the size of the bases. They're going to put in a pitch clock in Major League Baseball. Um, They're going to have an expanded postseason where you have some ghost games where one team only has to win two games in a series where another team has to win three. There's a lot of actual stuff going on. They haven't figured out the money part of it, but the baseball part of it, pretty interesting, actually. So it is – it's going to get lost in the shuffle because we don't know when the hell they're going to start again. I mean, they're right. supposed to be spring training supposed to be going on right now. We should be talking about, Hey, what's opening series going to look like for the Dodgers, the guys that they brought in, the guys that they let go. Um, and that hasn't been a part of the conversation. You were saying something in the prep call. This is, I don't know why this excited me so much. So pitchers are going to have a little bit of a shot clock, right? Yeah. So 14 seconds with nobody on base, 19 seconds with runners on base. If there's one thing that I think most people would agree about, whether you're a purist and you love the game of baseball and you're watching your entire life, or you're somebody that's like, all right, that's my third favorite sport or fourth favorite sport or whatever the case is, I think the one thing we could all agree on, the pace of the game is so slow, yeah. right? And, and th- look, there's some advantages to that. There is, you know what, third inning, ah, I'm going to go get a beer. I'm going to go get some peanuts. You don't really feel like you missed any of the action. But I think what makes a lot of these sports, basketball, it's so up and down. NFL, you turn away for a second, somebody could very easily went off for a 50-yard run or interception, a pick, sure. pick six or something along those lines. I think with baseball, speeding things up a little bit is advantageous. The NBA right now, once a shot goes in, before you know it, they're inbounding the ball and they're turning around and going the other way. They know how good it is for the game to just have a game that's more action-packed I'm not saying because a pitcher has to pitch within 14 seconds, but I feel like that's going to help the game. It's going to help the game immeasurably. Because, the, first of all, we'll get, th- think about all the things that we've added to the game over the last couple of years. We're like, oh, my God, this is terrible. This is such a bad idea. How could we possibly have a baseball game with a runner at second base to start the 10th inning? This is an affront to the Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth and Ted yeah. Williams. Willie Mays is never going to be able to watch a big – no, it's fine. It took us It took us a couple of weeks, and we're like, yeah, all right, cool. That The idea you have to pitch the three batters instead of just shoveling a guy in after one. It's fine. We adapt to this stuff really, really quickly. So if you got a pitch clock, guys will get used to it really fast. The one that I love, and to your point, this is, I think, the best of the changes that they're making. Banning the shift. Now, I'm, I'm interested because the devil's in the details sometimes, right? Like exactly how are you going to ban the shift? The guys that run these teams are pretty smart guys. They'll figure out a way to kind of stack the deck in their favor. But a ball hit up the middle, Al, should be a base hit. Mm-hmm. A ball that is hit cleanly into right field should be a base hit. It shouldn't be the third baseman standing there to pick up a ground ball in front of the right fielder and throw him out. We, guys on base means plays at bases, means runs, means hit and runs, means all these other fun things about baseball. And a guy that hits a line drive that the third baseman catches in right field, that's stupid. That, that we're going to ban the shift and get more hits, more runners, more runs. That's the one that I'm the most excited about. What, what are most base people or baseball people who are purists of the game, who love the game, what do they think of the shift? What, what's most of, it, if you ask 10 baseball fans right now, do you like the shift or do you not, what, what would they say you think? I think most people do not like it, but the, the argument for it is, mm-hmm. well, you've got to learn to hit the ball the other way. Why don't you drop down a few bunts? Why don't you, you know, Tony Gwynn, they wouldn't have shifted against Tony Gwynn. Yeah, okay. That's where's one guy. Okay, <laughs> I get that there are a bunch of guys that can hit the ball, but get guys on base. Yeah, do you want to do you want a league full of guys that are Tony Gwynn and Rod Carew? 
I don't think so. You want a couple of Tony Gwynns and Rod Carews, but I also want Max Muncy who's trying to hit the ball over the fence every time. That's fun too. A little bit of everything. That's what I mean. It's like there, there isn't just one way to do this thing that they're tweaking and I think is good if they could ever get together on the stupid money part of it. I think they've, I think they've improved the game. I really do. So that in itself is a really, really good step for baseball, what you just said, that you feel like they're making changes that's improving the game and that they're putting aside the, well, it ruins this, or you know what, we used to do it this way, or you know what, like you were saying, Ted Williams and Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth, what would they think of the situation? Who cares? Well, I, I think that I think that, that says a lot about um, the league making corrections that they think is going to help the game, number one. Now they just got to figure out when they're actually going to play. All right, so the Lakers, they beat a good team, kind of a good team, at least a decent team, a good team without Draymond, but a very good team with Draymond. Uh, is there any – Little spark, little sparkle, little something, little something that Alan Slee was saying, you know, Trav, right there. That's the thing that gets me excited for the last 19, 20 games of the season. That's coming up next. It's Trav and Slee, 710 ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. Listen to Travis and Sliwa more at 10 a.m. And it is Travis and Sliwa, your Monday. We're here each weekday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Be sure to spend some time with us this week. If you're new to the show, we do funny stuff like this. Hey, I just want as much cheap beer yep. as possible. Is that like 23, 44? 44, I think, is a classy cutoff. I think so, that's when you tell, you tell yourself, okay, hey, I've grown up. Um, I want more. I just want to be known as a classy individual. 44. And we talk L.A. sports. Travis and Sliwa continues right now. Like no carbs, Sliwa? Like you're still on zero? Take fruit out. You're No alcohol, no bread, no potatoes, no rice, no nothing? I told you I went to that fish market yesterday. Yeah. That the clam chowder is... Just unbelievable. Don't tell Delicious. Me about the potatoes in the bowl. <laughs> no, I just couldn't get it. I just uh, couldn't get the clam chowder. Wow. What'd you get? You know how difficult that was? Would you get like steamed salmon or something? What did you Went get? Went with some mahi mahi. Ooh, that sounds good. Oh. But we didn't. That, but now you can't turn it into a taco. Like, you there's can't. No rice. No. Like, what are we doing? There, by the way, it comes with two sides. I had to get coleslaw and a garden salad. <laughs> Do you know what it's like? Do you know what it fun. feels like telling them that you want coleslaw in a garden sound like bro you have rice peel off here you got all these other options we've never had anybody get coleslaw and then i'm trying to explain to them well here's the thing because 40 days because of lent i was just gonna say i'm surprised the guy didn't go catholic (laughs) yeah you're catholic they sell these bread rolls and they're only a buck and they're making it they're probably hot i got nothing butter on them the fish tacos they have dollars i got nothing Sure, I, I feel bad for you. I had plenty. But the, the fish was good. Mahi Mahi was amazing. Yeah, I'm sure it was. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. So, great win for the Lakers. Extraordinary performance from LeBron. Yeah. And I, I, I literally did not go on social media after the game because I'm like, I, I don't need to see what people are saying about this because this is a nice win, and I think we can just leave it at that. Is there anything beyond it, Al? Because 
I feel like we've been down this road a hundred times. Hey, you know, if they can just blankety-blankety-blankety-blank, I don't think there's any blankety-blank left this season. All right, let me – give me a second to get my pitch in. I don't want you to be the guy that walks away in the middle of my pitch. Done. Okay? So, I want – all I'm asking for is that you participate through the entire presentation, and then once the presentation's <laughs> over, you tell me whether you'd like to buy timeshare or you would not. You're going to have to hold my voucher for my free round of golf until the end of the presentation. Big Everybody turn in your, your keys and your ID. <laughs> you guys are holding our keys and our ID? I'm here. Okay. Okay. So they beat the Warriors. By the way, this pitch, I'm also kind of going against what I'm saying, but I'm just going to lay it out for you. They beat the Warriors on, on Saturday – Warriors have now lost eight of their last ten games. Okay, right. Michael was telling me pregame show. He's like, "No, no, I'm telling you, this is a very winnable game." He's watching the Golden State Warriors on a night in, night out basis. It's a very winnable game, and that Warriors team without Draymond Green, it's like a twenty game difference when he's there and when he's not there. Something crazy like that. Okay, so they beat the Warriors. Lakers shoot forty five percent from three. Remember, there's plenty of nights where. Those threes don't fall, but they had 45%. They shot 45%. Braun has a crazy night. Shoots 19 of, what, 31 or something. Drops 56 for the Lakers. They beat the Golden State Warriors. So if you look at the actual schedule for the Lakers, and if the question is can they turn what they did on Saturday and just do something that they really haven't done all season long, string together four or five wins in a row, can they win seven of eight? Is that is that realistic? This week alone, they got the Spurs well below 500, the Rockets worst record in the NBA, and the Wizards on uh, Friday night. Kuzma and you know KCP will see them back here at uh, at Crypto. So to answer your question of can the Lakers string something together, it's set up for them on paper that yes, maybe they can string something together. Look at it on paper. The problem is there's nothing the Lakers have done this year on a consistent basis to tell me or to tell you that we should have faith in some of these other games. So I'm not sold anymore on the, yeah, yeah, but look what they have in front of them. I don't think that means anything. I think what's more more important is um, until they actually show it and you and I are having a conversation saying, Trav, look, I'm not you – can, you can describe how you want. They've won five of six. They've mm-hmm. won four in a row. Until it's something like that, it's really difficult for me to say that they're going to take what they did on Saturday and it's going to carry through for the rest of the week. Yeah, I think that's right. I'll take my free voucher now. I'd, li- I'd like to be on the, the first tee by 2 o'clock this afternoon. You told me there would be a free voucher after the timeshare presentation. We lied to you. I'm, re- <laughs> I'm ready to go <laughs> collect my prize. Um, I think, look, if they can find a way to the games that you're talking about to win most of them, and to your point, hey, you know they've won five of six because they they they're four and eleven in their last fifteen. They're 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 really playing poorly. Yeah. But the one on Saturday night was just a night where you know these are all NBA players and they made a bunch of shots. You're going to have nights where you make a bunch of shots and you have a night where LeBron makes everything. You're going to win. That's not a that, that's not a formula that you can replicate, right? That's something that just happened because it happens occasionally. But to your point, if we can stack a few things together where you're even if it's crappy teams like Houston and Washington and San Antonio, who cares? Oh no, it doesn't matter. You're if, right. If, who gives a blank? Just go win because those are the games they lose, Al. That's the mm-hmm. stuff that's so crazy. So if you can win a few of those and now all of a sudden you go into Phoenix and you beat Phoenix, it's like, hey, uh, what's going on around here? 
It, it really is the very last chance they have to do I don't think it's going to happen because I think the other 60 games they've played have been far more indicative of who they are globally than one Saturday night game. But at least you, you've said this a few times. What do you do over these last couple of 19 games? This. This is what you do. You cross your fingers, toes, and everything you got and hope that you catch lightning in a bottle for a couple of weeks to at least make it interesting. Because beyond that, I don't know what you do. They, they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt to say that, oh, no, no, this, this is going to turn around. Oh, no, no, watch out, because look at what they got in the schedule, and the Spurs are they're 12 games below five. They don't deserve that benefit of the doubt. And, and by the way, that's okay, and I think they understand that too. If tonight they go out and play the Spurs, who, by the way, their last matchup, Lakers have played them three times already this season. Lakers have won two. They've lost one. I think the last one they lost was at at uh, in L.A., and they got blown out by the Spurs. It wouldn't be a shock if Lakers lost by 10. I think it would also, you know, look at it the other way. If Lakers won by 5, 7, 8 points, be like, okay, hey, you know one. what? I don't care. One. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't care how they won. Can they just build some momentum off any of these games? And that's that's a fair assessment. That's not you and I, oh, well, you're being negative. No, no, that's just that's the Lakers season. It, it's, you just got to be real with negative. It. It's real realistic. with each other. It's the yeah. reality of it all. I'll tell you what else is the reality. The Warriors without Draymond Green are not very good. They, they don't stink, but they're not very good. They're not scary, right? And you would think with Clay and with Steph and with some of the other guys they've had, they're, they're, they're a really good team. But Draymond is kind of the guy that keeps that whole thing moving together because without him, they're 500 or, or it's either right at 500, maybe a game below right now. This is a very average team without him there. I would have gotten that wrong. I, would, I knew Draymond was important. I didn't know he was this important. Well, and unfortunately for the Lakers, if they, you know, they've had a little success against the Warriors. Obviously, without Draymond Green, they should have won that game up in up in the Bay Area right yeah, before the All Star right. break. You're right, and then they win this game. The problem is, Warriors are going to drop enough in the standings where it doesn't matter because you're not, not going to get, get a the, chance. They're not, not going to get the draw. <laughs> well, this is what will probably happen. Memphis will probably end up being a number two seed in the West. Phoenix is going to be the number one seed. So, really, the only scenario that's going to play out for the Lakers, you'll have to win two games in a row on the road or potentially one of those at home to play Phoenix in the first round. That's kind of the the that's the reality and of the Lakers situation. And if you don't get Phoenix, eh, how does uh how does John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies sound who by the way, he should have been on that poster for MVP candidates. If the other three big guys were Giannis Embiid and uh Jokic, let's it's funny why, why they why don't we throw a little Morant in there too? I, I don't I don't I don't pay as much attention to the uh MVP the the kind of the ladder and every week it changes, but why isn't he? I think he they have him as fifth or something like that in MVP, and I they're almost second in the Western Conference. I don't really understand how that's being calculated there. So there was the uh, Coach K final game on Saturday. I watched my first college basketball game in a while. Got yeah. a good chunk of it, and uh, I, I cried so that. much. I cried <laughs> so much in that game. Very emotional. Very very emotional. Move your feet. Slide. Get over, you're open. Shoot. Very, very emotional. We'll get into it next. It's the dump. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. It's time for everything we haven't gotten to today. Yes, it's time for the dump. Okay, before we get to this is from PFF. It's Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley has been suspended for one year for gambling on NFL games wow. during the season. Um. That is a big you, – you, you can't do that. Like, you can literally do almost anything else. Hmm. You can't do that. That the second they know that you have action going on in your sport, 
they're going to move you out. They're going to make sure that you go and go away for a while. That is a big deal, Al. Do we have um, how much, and I know it's on the front of ESPN right now. I'm just trying to see here. How much details do we have? Not many other than he was gambling on NFL. I mean, because, look, in this is thing, well, if he didn't gamble on his own games, it doesn't matter, guys. Let, let, let me just walk you through the mechanics of this because let's say he bets on the Packers exclusively and, and he doesn't bet on any Falcons games. He gets in going the wrong way in that all of a sudden the opportunity to win it back with his own games is right there. The, you, you, we, I'm not anti-gambling. People want to gamble. Knock yourself out. Do it responsibly. Players can't. The, the players, that's one of the, the, the rules of engagement. You can you get a lot of really cool stuff that comes along with that, but one of the things you have to give back is you don't get to gamble. Well, if and – and I think it does matter in a sense in this. So NFL said, the investigation uncovered no evidence that Ridley used inside information or that any game was compromised in any way. If he was gambling on his own games, just hypothetically here, yeah. that ain't a one-year suspension. Probably be banned not. from the NFL. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that's a lifetime. See you later. Yeah. But it, it's a incredibly slippery slope along the way. So, okay, this quickly. is the route you're going to run. No, 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 I can't do that right now, no. guys. Or, or, yeah, um, that's what I'm supposed to do. But I'm going to break it off a little late. Maybe you throw a pick six going back the other way. I don't know. Why is he so stressed? We're down two touchdowns. Hey, Ridley, what do you got? Money on this game? Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> Who the uh, hell said that? Who the yeah, hell said that? Who did somebody? Somebody talking? Somebody talking? Um, Coach K is done. At Cameron Indoor, he coached his last game there on Saturday so in North Carolina. Um, they lost. Um, Boo hoo! Why do you guys hate uh, Coach K? I don't. I like I Coach hate K. Duke. We talked about this. Emily's got an ACC thing. She's a Virginia person, so I get it. I get where Emily's coming from on it. That makes sense to me. What I do not get, and I am an emotionally repressed man. I, I concede. Awesome. It's one of my favorite things of yours. Here right are now. the people that are allowed to cry about Coach K's last game. Mm-hmm. Coach K. Coach K's wife. Yep. Coach K's children. Yep. Coach K's grandchildren. Yep. You can cry because you, husband, dad, grandpa. Is and emotional. any fan that wants to cry. No. Al, if you're a sophomore history major at Duke. You're emotional. And you're bawling like it you just watched you your dog get run over by a steamroller. There's something wrong with you. He doesn't do anything. Move your feet. Slide on defense. Trap. Hey, we got to close out that pick Trap. up top. He's a basketball coach. Calm down, everybody. Do and he has realize. more games left to play. <laughs> that you you do realize that people have different emotions than you do, right? Yeah. Okay. But mine when, are right. When Vin Scully called his last game for the yes. Dodgers. Very sad. Do you think there were a lot of people that were not sad? They, they didn't share the same emotion as you, where you felt sad, but somebody else could have teared up. Are you upset at that person that teared up? If it wasn't one of his grandchildren or his children, it's ridiculous. I love how you're upset at them getting emotional it's, and sad can, because, for something that means something to them. Because sadness should be personal. Okay, I get, I'll give you another one. Okay. When somebody, when you're cheering for a certain team oh and goodness. that team loses and someone's emotional about it, how do you feel about how that person? How old am I? Any age, doesn't matter. No, it does. Because if you're nine and your team loses and you get sad, I get it. If you're 17 or 27 or 47, Uh, you're a loser. Uh, I love how how mad that you get for other people sharing their emotions a certain way. Just, 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 look, I get it. When the Dodgers didn't win the World Series last year, I was bummed, man. 
bum me out. But I wasn't crying. But why do you care? Why do <laughs> you no care? There's no crying in baseball. Right. But, but why do you care that they're emotional? Like, you know how you always say, do you? Yeah. Why do you care that they're doing them and you're upset at them? Why? Because I'm emotionally repressed. And if I can't express my feelings, then you shouldn't be allowed to express yours. That's why. That's awesome. That's exactly why. That's why awesome. was he yelling at people in his postgame speech, by the way? Okay. That was people, people were talking and stuff. And then he's like, oh, go. why didn't you do everything pregame, guys? Why would that's, you do anything postgame? Just do it that's a good idea. That's a great question, that by the way. Not going to be a lot. I, yeah, that's a really good idea. So I was down in SD, right? And so the game's on the TV in the bar, and we're watching it as we're having dinner. And Carolina was behind by like five points most of the game. And then about halfway through the second half, they got hot and started took making over. shots and took mm-hmm. over. The entire place that we were watching this game was actively rooting for Duke to lose. That 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 is the legacy that they've created. You are either a Dukey or you actively want them to lose. It's pretty great. But that's that's a good thing. Right, like if oh, you've sure. done something, you've done something amazing. Where people in San Diego at a bar, like freaking Duke, if they lose, how great is that? But that whole thing was entertaining. I actually Laker game was going on at the same time, so I didn't really get a chance to part get as emotional as you guys. Yeah, no, for sure. oh yeah, I'm with you on that. I hate all for the time. Sure. No, that means you've won a bunch of games against some very good teams. If everybody hates you, Al, are you a um, are you a watch guy? Do you like a nice watch? Um, no, I'm not the right person. I, I have an Apple Watch, and that's obviously yeah. not for style purposes. Sure. So, no, unfortunately I'm not. If you are a watch person somewhere out there, and let's say you are somewhere where the uh, Kentucky women's basketball team happened to be playing recently, and you're a watch person, you might want to go poke around because John Calipari lost his gold Rolex while cheering for the Kentucky Yeah, it's a different kind of watch. <laughs> it's a different kind of watch. Yeah, you're probably going to want to get that one back. If you're a watch guy, you can go through the – maybe you'll find Emily's keys and uh, Coach Cal's watch. Maybe you'll find sixty grand in your account. <laughs> That's probably what that watch is Yeah, worth. he tweeted out there's going to be a reward for it. I'm curious how big that reward's going to be if it's going to be bigger than a gold Rolex. Well, I was going to say, he's going to have to go – you're going to have to hope that whoever stumbles upon that is a Kentucky basketball fan yeah, and it, wants to meet Coach tickets, Cal. Tickets, sure, all that. <laughs> now, keep right. the Rolex, bro. Probably. Somebody somebody that went to the women's tournament is like, had a great time, saw Kentucky win the women's tournament, new Rolex. What do you think about this? And walking around feeling good about it. Um, Andy Reid compared Patrick Mahomes to being better than a jelly donut. You're going to have to walk me through that, Emily. Okay, so he was being asked about how it feels like to coach Patrick Mahomes, and he was joking around with his other, uh, other coaches and GMs, and he said, you know, it's better than a jelly donut, and that's saying a lot for me. So I was like, yeah, that is saying a lot, Andy. I think Andy Reid and I would get along, Al. I just I feel like we would we we'd kind of understand each other and what's important and how to phrase things to one another. Yeah, you guys speak the same language. That's I love it. every example that he gives. Every is Alan better than gives. a jelly donut? For sure. Are you For sure? sure? Yeah. Jelly donuts absolutely. are amazing. They're amazing. Eh. No, if we get someone with that lemon in there, that little tart lemon stuff, that's not the end of the world. That's a good way to do it. How do people get the pot, Al? All right, ESPN app or on iTunes, I think. I'm sh- I'm sort of sure. Uh, ESPN app or iTunes. Search Travis and Sliwa. Catch the full three hours if you don't catch us live. Historically speaking, it's usually there. We'll see whether it's not there moving forward. Uh, Mason and Ireland is coming up next. Plus, of course, Al's back with Laker pregame show starting at 4 o'clock. Lakers and Spurs tonight. We're back tomorrow, 10 a.m. Don't be late. Travis and